0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the ByWord show. So glad you're here. It's going to be a really exciting day because you guys, I just have to say, I have one of my bucket list guests with us here today, Barry on Barry. I was just telling her before the show, I heard her on a podcast years ago. And you guys who are listening know that a couple weeks ago, we had Dr. B on to talk about holistic women's health and all of these kinds of things. And you guys had so many questions that I was like, I know exactly who to have on the show now to continue this conversation. So Barry, would you just like introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your story and what you do and and how you even got into helping women with learning about their cycles, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, So question, who am I? How did I
1: get in this space? So hi, friends. I'm Barry. I love to tell people I'm basically your period loving bestie, like that friend who is talking about like all those things that everyone's like, are you really doing that? I'm like... Yeah, what about it? You know, um, but by day, I am the lead fertility awareness educator behind Optimize Your Flow. And by night, I really am the period loving bestie over on Instagram or TikTok talking about all of those taboo things surrounding our menstrual cycles, our vaginas. I don't get too into the vagina or like the vulva, but like, Recently, I've just been kind of just saying what people want to know about or or hear. um and yeah, how did I get started in this space? I really wish I had a great story for you, honestly, I really do. Um but I got started in the space kind of just fixing my own problem and then just being like, "Wait. Everyone else needs to know that periods are normal and pain shouldn't be like, you mean to tell me that I can be pain-free. I don't have to be doubled over in discomfort from like the heavy bleeding or the cramping. And you know, that was 2019 where i really like started taking my period journey seriously. And I have been carrying this like a pale pink flag of periods are normal pain shouldn't be ever since, and I'm pretty unapologetic about it, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, So yeah, that's a little bit about me, but I have a question for you, are you ready? Okay, if your period was your lover, what would it say about your relationship, okay? I want everyone to think about that. Okay. Would it be like a healthy relationship? Would it be toxic? Cause we were toxic once upon a time. Is it complicated? Is she long distance? Like what is your period like? Because I feel like that's going to help us with the rest of the questions. and We're just going to use you as like the guinea pig. I hope that's okay.
0: Yes. Let's go for it. Okay. So. I guess i'll just give you my little background spiel um so i had really really irregular periods when i was young like bleeding for weeks and then nothing and so when i was 12 my doctor put me on birth control and i was on it for 10 years crazy so i had a regular period you know but I felt crazy. Like it messed with me. I tried all different kinds to try to regulate my mood and my hormones and like all the stuff. And then once I got married, I, I had gotten off of it because finally I started hearing some of these conversations like, oh, birth control maybe isn't the best thing for me personally. So what are my other options? And my husband and I were engaged. So I was like, what does this look like? So I did end up getting back on birth control for a couple like six months to a year once we got married. But again, I just did not feel great on it. And I was like, there's got to be another way. So that's when I started trying to understand my cycle, found you, found some other resources and was like, why does no one tell me about this? So I feel like for a long time, it was just like this long distance thing where I did not understand what was happening. I just felt like, okay, well, if it's not normal, I just get on birth control and that'll make it fine. But I had no idea what was going on in my body. Not a clue. (laughs) It's so interesting. You say that first of all, like
1: 12 to be on hormonal birth control. Listen. Crazy. what? And you're not the first person I've heard say that. Like I didn't get on hormonal birth control till I was 18 heading to college. I was on it for like a year and a half. And I was like, I can't do this. Like something is not right. But I've heard people say like younger and younger, they're getting on hormonal birth control. And listen, your body, your choice, like whatever you choose to do with your body is entirely up to you. But like hormonal birth control should be at the bottom of the list at this time. Like y'all, it's, it's a known carcinogen according to the World Health Organization. So it's not even like me being like, it's not good for you. It's like the World Health Organization, who is questionable at times, I will admit, is saying this. And I think it's really important that we're mindful of that. But wow, like that's crazy to hear, but I'm glad you're off it now. Okay. And I'm ready to talk about cycle thinking. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to kind of know a little bit about you.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I love that. And honestly, you're so right. Because at 12, nobody was telling me anything about my cycle. I had never heard about the phases. I had never heard like about ovulation or anything. Like it was just, oh, you're having heavy periods. Here's your solution. Let's just put you on birth control. And so I just wish I had learned so much sooner. Like. What was happening in my body, first of all, but why it's so important to work with my cycle and not against it. Like when I heard you say that periods don't have to be painful, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Tell me how.
1: <laughs> right? Like, ma'am, excuse me. Well, you know, the thing about birth control, it's like it's designed for controlling birth. And listen, I'm I'm not sure what 12 year olds are doing these days and the times, but when I was twelve years old, you know, I'm still watching high school musical, okay? I'm I'm 29 now, right? So at 12 years old, I, I I would say that every 12 year old deserves the right to know what's going on with their cycle. And I feel like that'll lead us into like the phases. you might have we like break those down. Oh,
0: yes, please. like talk to us about why why it's so important first of all to understand and then like give us the crash course. <laughs> Okay, so
1: one of the first things you want to understand is that your menstrual cycle, according to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, is your fifth vital sign. So just like your heart rate, your blood pressure, all these are vital signs because they can be like really markers to let us know if you're predisposed to a certain condition. That's the same thing with a menstrual cycle. Irregularities early on are pretty common. Like, you know, when you're 12, 13, and 14, you don't have the most regular cycle and that's very common. And that's just kind of part of the process of menstruation and becoming regular and getting into that, stepping into your womanhood for lack of better words. Um, But I think that just knowing that it's important to have, because it can kind of let you know, are you predisposed to endometriosis or fibroids or PCOS? This is like why it's important. Now, here's what everybody needs to know. Okay. A normal period should be about five to seven days or I'm sorry, three to seven days in length, a normal period. So like when you're bleeding, three to seven days. Okay. If it's more than seven days, abnormal. If it's less than three days, abnormal. Okay. First and foremost. The second thing is your period blood color. Okay. She needs to be red. We're going with some type of red, not pink, not burgundy. We're saying red. So think stoplight red, or, you know, if you're recording a podcast, you see how the recording word is red. We're going with red. Okay. And that is a healthy, normal, Bleed. Now you're probably thinking, okay, well, what if she's light pink? What if she's brown? What if she's purple? What if she's gray? Orange, there's so many different colors on the period blood spectrum, but more often than not, what I tell people is just take a quick Google look at it because I don't want to project anything onto you. Um, Usually, if it's a light pink bleed, it means you're lower in estrogen. However, There's a chance that there's something else going on, right? So I don't wanna mislead you. A a quick Google situation, okay? Google University. We all go her. We go, like, you know, we we know her very well. So go with that. Um, In terms of the amount, now this is gonna be really based off of how old you are. It's also gonna be based off of like your mass and your body. So how much you weigh, what kind of lifestyle you live, um, even to like your ethnicity. You know, a lot of times women of color, we have more that we're bleeding because a lot of times we're predisposed to estrogen dominance, whereas maybe, um, a woman who's Asian may not have that predisposition. So there's just a lot of different things, but I always tell people, no matter what size tampon you wear, no matter what size pad you wear, no matter if you're in a cup or a period panty, you should be changing the tampon or the pad three to five times a day. Whether or not you're using a super pad because, you know, the girls do use those or a super tampon. Personally, I like a super tampon because I'm lazy with changing my tampons. Um, <laughs> they're never really full, but like, I just be like, mm, yeah, yeah, no thanks. So, you know, keep that in mind. Just three to five times a day is what you're going for. Um, and fluid wise, usually it'll be any, your entire period should be about 80 milliliters of fluid or less. Well, what the heck does that look like? somewhere in the three to five in terms of a tampon or a pad if you are like me and you prefer your cups we're switching our cup or we're dumping our cup twice a day if you're also like me and you love your little period panties grow we're changing your period panties twice a day once in the morning once in the evening if you have like a heavy i purposely wear like the heavy one so i don't have to change them all the time again it's a lazy girl um so those are some things you want to keep in mind and another thing i want to share is the average menstrual cycle is 21 to 35 days in length so we all hear like your menstrual cycle should be 28 days but what if it's not does that mean i'm irregular according to the acog you are regular as long as you fall within the 21 to 35 day window if it's anything less than 21 days abnormal if it's anything more than 35 days abnormal so like me I'm a girl you I, I I'm bleeding every 30 31 days sometimes I'm bleeding every 29 days right so just remember that as well because I feel like that'll give people a little bit of peace I'm done
0: <laughs> okay no I love that well that's super helpful to know because like again this is stuff nobody talks about like I didn't know what was normal. I still don't really understand all of the pieces of this. But, okay, so I have a question somebody asked me that I figured I should ask you is like, what if you do have a, an irregular cycle or you don't get your cycle at all for whatever reason? Like, how how do you track that? Like, how do you know kind of what's going on there? Yes, okay, so I, I love this question because one, I used to have a really
1: irregular period myself I mean, I was a high-level athlete most of my life. I went on to run collegiately. You know, like I get the irregular thing, but I think the first thing you want to do is like realize it's fairly common and like don't obsess over getting regular. I think when that obsessive energy comes in, it just causes a lot more problems. So just be chilling, just be cooling, okay? Now, what you wanna do is start tracking biomarkers. So your biomarkers are essentially the data from your body, from your biology, right? cervical mucus, cervix placement, and your basal body temperature. These are the three biomarkers that you track when you're practicing different fertility awareness-based methods. And for like my girls with PCOS or the women who maybe just, you know, you're just irregular because maybe you're stressed or maybe you're irregular because you're postpartum, things like that, right? This is data you can always fall back on from your body. Now I'm going to we're going to glaze over how to read this because I, you really need to sit through a class on how to do this. But what you want to know with your basal body temperature is you're going to track it first thing when you wake up in the morning. Once you have ovulated, there's going to be an increase in your BBT and you'll be able to notice it. So if you're not tracking your basal body temperature, start get an app. There's so many different apps out there. I'm not going to tell y'all which ones to use because I'm building out an app, frankly. Um, like <laughs> I'm not going to promo too many other people you can Google, right? Um, but that being said, you'll be able to see the increase, but also the drop-off. Um, so there's one, your cervical placement. Okay. Listen, your cervix changes positions throughout the month. Okay. The closer you are to ovulation, the more higher up, the softer and the wetter your cervix will feel. And I know,
0: have you ever felt your cervix? I don't No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm definitely not familiar with her. Okay. We're going to get really graphic really quick. Okay. So I, I,
1: I feel like a lot of people aren't familiar with that. And it's like, we wouldn't be familiar with it because it's not like anybody's like exploring their vaginal canal on a regular. I mean, some people are, let let me, let me retract that. Some people do what they do, okay? Um, But with that being said, if everyone could take their index finger and put it up right now, I want you to touch the tip of your nose that's usually what your cervix will feel like but when you're closer to ovulation it'll feel like your cupid's bow so the top of your lip and if you go back and forth you can feel like the the cartilage in the tip of your nose versus your cupid's bow like they feel very different so when you're close to ovulation or when you're ovulating your cervix is going to feel like the cupid's bow and when you're further away whether it's before ovulation or after ovulation it'll feel like the tip of your nose now listen like I said, this is a crash course. You're not getting all the details. So don't just take it and run with it and be like, oh, I can do it. Chill. Okay. <laughs> like, chill. Still need to know some other things. But now we're going to talk about your cervical mucus or cervical fluid. She doesn't lie, but she does change. So, Here's what we need to know. When you're close to ovulation, this is going to look like a raw egg white and it's gonna be kind of sticky. Like you ever seen like a little kid's snotty nose and it's like, why do you have so much snot all over the place? That's literally what your cervical mucus will look like and it'll stretch like that. I know it's kind of gross to think about cause like I'm literally thinking about kids and I'm like, oh, you're so dirty. Like, you know, but that's your cervical mucus, right? when you are further from ovulation it'll often be one of two things it'll either be white and like more creamy like like think lotion or you'll be completely dry so for the girls who have an irregular cycle focus on understanding when you're ovulating. I gave you those markers because ovulation is the main event of the menstrual cycle. And when you have an irregular cycle, it's important to know when and if you are ovulating altogether. And then once you know, like maybe on day 19 of your cycle, you've ovulated, what that will tell you is like, okay, now I can count these other days and be in the second half of my cycle or be in my like Early luteal or late luteal phase. Uh, Again, this is very general and kind of like it's a lot, and I know it is, but like we'll have resources in the show notes so you guys can have the visual aids. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Barry has so many resources, you guys. I'll make sure that they're all linked. But okay. So now, because you mentioned the luteal phase, and something I love about what you do is that you help women with cycle sinking. So what does that mean? Like, how do we start understanding the phases of our cycle and then working with them.
1: Okay. So my favorite thing to do is explain your menstrual cycle as a blueprint for your energy, your hormones, and really your performance. And I'm going to walk you through the four phases of your cycle. um, But just remember that at the end, you're going to get the cliff notes. So just mostly focus on the end. I'm going to give you some goods right now, but like I'll give you the cliff notes after. So Phase one of your menstrual cycle, right, is your period. This is when you're bleeding. Usually it's going to be days one through seven. um, And we all know what a period is. So I'm not going to get into those details. What I will get into is the fact that your hormone levels and your energy levels are usually going to be at their lowest. And that's because your hormones almost look like a bell curve, if you will. Like, we all remember that bell curve from like high school, right? You know, so just kind of imagine your hormones doing that throughout the month. In the second phase of your cycle, so post-period but pre-ovulation, this is called the follicular phase. This is when your hormone levels are on the rise. This is when your energy levels are on the rise. And this is when the follicles are actually kind of massaging and maturing and like We're trying to find a dominant follicle that'll become the egg, um, or really not become the egg, but more so help the egg rupture. Uh, Too nerdy. Let me, sorry. Then we have the third phase, the main event, ovulation. She's giving high energy. She's giving, I'm a baddie. It's literally when you're fertile, okay? Now on the note of fertility, what you need to know is you are fertile technically six days prior to ovulation there's only six days out of your menstrual cycle you can get pregnant so that five day window and then the day you ovulate that's the fertility window sperm can live in the uterus for up to five days and in the fallopian tube for up to seven days so that's why all those accidental pregnancies occur when you're you know being super grown and sexy okay so i just want us to know this Ovulation is only happening for 16 to 32 hours max. Once you have ovulated, you immediately get into the luteal phase. And the luteal phase is like the two week period of time where it really depends on how you are as a person, how you're going to feel. So your early luteal phase feels a lot like ovulation. You still feel like you're on top of the world. You're like, yes, girls, okay? The Swifties, right? Like, I I feel like there's like two kinds of people. There's your Swifties and your like Beyonce lovers. This is when you're feeling like either Taylor Swift or Beyonce, okay? Either, like, that is what you feel when you're ovulating, but also in that early luteal. But the moment someone breathes just the wrong way, you're immediately in the late luteal phase. And I like to say it that way because it's like those little triggers that you're just like, why am I so irritable? Why are you looking at me? Why are you touching me? Like, why are you, at-? Like, you know those, okay? So the late luteal phase, what's really interesting to know is there's a dip in your estrogen levels, which is why sometimes you're a little bit more irritable. Uh, Research also shares that there is a drop in serotonin because of the dip in the estrogen. There's less serotonin being produced. So that's when the imposter syndrome comes up. That's when the short-temperedness... like the sass comes out. Okay. Like that's what's happening in that late luteal phase. And energetically you're starting to just feel a little bit more on the, like, eh, I'm a gremlin. Okay. And that's okay. I'm in hermit mode and that's okay. Um, and I always tell people, you know, your late luteal, your luteal phase really does depend on the kind of person you are. It depends on what your level of understanding is about yourself. I think a lot of times we just blame everything on our hormones and like, I'm hormonal. Yeah, you're supposed to be. Um, but it's beyond that, right? And One of the common things coming up is something called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoria disorder, where women are feeling for like two weeks at a time out of their minds. Like the thoughts that they're thinking are so deep and so dark, the depression, um, and just a lot of other things that I I don't really want to talk about because I don't want to trigger anyone. If you, if you know, you know, like, if you know what I'm talking about, you get it. If you don't, you can Google it. Um, but that's the late luteal phase in a nutshell. So that is the four phases at a high level. Now cycle syncing is one of those things that's really a skill, but everybody's calling it a trend right now and it's really annoying for me, so I have a lot of feelings about it. Uh, Cycle syncing is essentially aligning your life with the four phases. If you don't have time to learn the four phases, remember this. This is the cliff note. Write this down, okay? Two weeks of high energy, external focus, external output. Two weeks of low energy, internal focus, internal work.
0: So if you can remember two for me, two for you. You good, boo? Uh, okay, that's really cool. I love that. So, what are some of the things that you do or you recommend for clients to start that process? Like maybe they're starting to understand the phases and they're like, "Okay, now what do I change about my life to like optimize these, these phases, like the two weeks, two weeks, how do you plan your life around that? Well, I've been
1: doing it for a while. So for me, it's like second nature, Uh, but for anybody new, right? So the first thing, Oh, y'all, let me, let me just say this. You got to standardize before you optimize. Everybody loves to optimize all the things, but then it's just like, you don't have basic habits in place. Like what we got to, we go, we got to walk before we can like sprint. Okay. So I always tell people, once you understand the two for me, two for you, or you understand the phases of your cycle, the first thing is to find which phase you're in. Wait till your period. Okay. It's just really easy to just wait for that time in that window. Then from there, you're going to live in sync and living in sync is really going to be based off of the path of least resistance for you. So I used to tell people pick either eating in sync with your cycle or working out in sync with your cycle. Now I'm going to just tell you how to habit stack your cycle support routine. Okay. again take some notes. This is one of those times you're going to do one thing to track your fertility or your period symptoms. Okay. Out the gate, I usually recommend basal body temperature because I want people to get in this rhythm of understanding that you're going to do one thing to support your gut and your hormone health. This is usually when I will recommend a supplement of some sort, uh, whether it be a pre and probiotic or it's a really great menstrual multivitamin, whichever one you want to do, do one of those things. One thing to nourish your body intentionally. Y'all are not eating enough. And I say this with love, but listen, Starbucks is not the answer to every problem. Okay. It solves a lot of problems on our target. Okay. Like Starbucks and target, they solve a lot of our problems. Okay. I do know that. However, we do need to make sure you're getting a protein, healthy fat and fiber at most meals, if not at all meals. So make sure you have one intentional meal a day nourishing your body. I don't care if that's breakfast or if that's dinner. You got to start there. Then we're going to do one intentional thing to downregulate the nervous system because that plays a, such a big role in your hormones and a lot of people don't know that. So, I don't care if this is getting some sunlight. It's finally sunny here in Michigan like today. I'm after this interview, I'm going outside and I'm going to be a hot girl, okay? I'm going for a run, we're having fun. But you're going to do either sunlight or breath work or meditation or prayer or journaling, whatever you want to do. Movement is my medicine. So it can be going for a run or dancing, whatever it is, you're going to do one thing to downregulate your nervous system. And then you're going to do one thing for yourself. I've gone through five different habits. I always recommend people to do. And like, obviously I have the things that I say you should do. However, what downregulates my nervous system isn't going to be the same thing that downregulates your nervous system like i love to go sprinting like i have a former sprinter okay but you might hate running so like curl no downregulating your nervous system might be going to target you know i and i like to be very mindful of that so those are the five habits to really build in and when you can do those for 90 days you can change a lot as it relates to your cycle. Um, In my digital planner, my cycle support planner, I tell people to do it for 90 days because it takes 100 days for an egg to develop. So if you start doing these five habits today, three cycles from now, you'll see one of the biggest transformations. But most people won't do it for that long. Most people will stop after week two. Go for 90. I know it sounds like a lot that's why i gave you five simple habits and told you to make them their own okay you know um but that's really where i would start is standardizing those daily habits those daily routines because once you standardize those practice and understand how they're related to your cycle then you can optimize now If you want to talk about how to plan your days and sync with your cycle, run your business and all that, we can do that too. But I think that really starting with a standard practice and then optimizing from there. Because once you get the baseline of those four phases, once you understand that, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Like nothing really stops you, but you have to start there and then build.
0: I love that. And honestly, it's so helpful to have just five really simple things to implement because I feel like they're because it is such a trendy thing right now, the cycle syncing and everybody talking about hormone health and period health, whatever. It's like, oh, well you need to eat like this, get this much sleep, change this about your life and just like basically start from scratch. And I just would not be able to keep up with that. You know, people, listen,
1: it it might be the fact that I'm an Enneagram 8, okay? But a lot of people right now are saying, do this, do that, and do the other. And, you know, uh, no shade to anybody who's saying you have to do it this way. But what I've learned is cycle syncing or anything for that matter is only going to be as effective as you are with your connection to it. So I don't even teach people to cycle sync the same way I used to anymore. Why? Because honestly, I don't care if you eat raw carrots I don't even like carrots, you know, like, I mean, I do like carrots, but like you get the point, like everyone's saying, do the raw carrot salad because you have estrogen dominance. And if you have estrogen dominance, the raw carrots will help decrease the estrogen levels. And it's like, okay, but you could also eat kale and that'll help decrease estrogen. You could also eat just a high fiber diet entirely, and that'll decrease estrogen. Like you and your list need to go have a seat. Okay. Let's be real. Let's be practical. I don't want to eat wheatgrass. Okay, I wanted to kilo shot, you know, like things like that. So I think for me, just over the years, I've just gotten a lot more realistic with how people are living. And also, you know, uh, a mom practicing cycle syncing is gonna look very different than a 24-year-old who has no kids practicing cycle syncing. And I personally, like my boyfriend has two kids, they are toddlers. One is almost three and one is five. And let me tell you, they don't stop. They do not care. So me, me doing everything in sync with my cycle, my way has actually evolved a lot over the last year. So now my teaching of cycle syncing has also evolved because honestly, some days I can only do those five things and that's it. I can't always be like, okay, I'm going to do a 45 minute workout. Um, I'm going to meditate. I can't always do it. Not that I don't want to. It's just that there's a three year old screaming at me, and I'm like, why are you screaming? You're learn you you're, you're on the potty. Why are you screaming? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, you know? And like, this is a crash course for me. But I had to realize that a lot of what is so regimented for people who don't have kids. Doesn't apply to people who do have kids, which is why I'm like, let's get to your daily habits. If you can check off these five boxes, you're good.
0: Yeah. I think that's so great because honestly, what you said about how you're only going to be as effective as you are, like connected to, like your understanding of what's actually going on in your body. I mean, I think that's so helpful because. I I know people and I've seen videos where I'm like, Oh, do the carrot salad and then it will solve all my problems. But I'm like, I don't even understand why. Or if I have that issue in my body with my cycle, most people don't. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, this is the stuff I wish was talked about, like how to read and understand my own body. And so that's just like really refreshing and freeing because it's like five simple things. I could do that on most days. I mean, I have a three-year-old too. That's just running around bouncing off the walls, but like Those are really tangible, simple, implementable things. So I love that so much. On the flip side though, I'm curious if you have anything to say about things that we should avoid or things that just like mess with our cycle.
1: Yeah. So, okay. One thing, and let me just say this, it's not enough to just listen to your body anymore. I quite literally recorded a podcast this morning talking about this. You got to understand your body, period, dot, end of story. Listening to your body, if you hear somebody say it, they're being lazy, uh, straight up because they understand something that you don't, you've been listening to your body your whole life. So do more, um, uh, (laughs) but back to answer your question, you know, one of the things I would say, gosh, okay. There's three ways I'm going to approach this. I'm going to straight up share like food and like home stuff that I think is really relevant to limiting food wise, dairy, and refined sugar. I know most people will say gluten, but if you don't have a gluten allergy, like I don't have a gluten intolerance, so I'm not going to say stay away from gluten. I eat gluten every week and I do not, I relish in it. Okay. I love it. Right. But dairy feeds estrogen and a lot of people don't realize that. So, you know, uh, with the exception of whole milk, like the raw, not the whole milk, raw milk, I haven't read enough into the raw milk situation happening right now to speak to it but dairy of most kind so you know do what you will with dairy okay ice cream let's just talk about ice cream everyone loves ice cream ice cream isn't always your friend because it can feed estrogen, especially when those cravings come up. Let's be real. That whole tub of ice cream should not be gone. Okay. Um, And then refined sugar. At this point, we all know refined sugar is not good for us, but we are just like addicted to it. It is our drug of choice in the United States, at least. Um, So that being said, just be mindful of that. And caffeine, listen, okay. Before y'all come at me, I do have
0: a nice cup of coffee, okay? I know I got mine over here too. I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> Caffeine is oh, a gift, but mm, not so much when you're getting closer to your period because it constricts the blood vessels. So what I always tell people is two weeks before your period starts, you know, if you're a three cup girl, go down one and a half cups. If you're a six cup girl, we need to talk that's not okay okay um but also like to not rob you of joy just switch over to a double shot of espresso or a single shot of espresso as opposed to like three cups of coffee because there's actually less caffeine and one shot of espresso than there is in eight ounces of coffee and a lot of people don't know that yeah uh eight ounces of coffee is about 120 milligrams of caffeine if i'm not mistaken whereas one shot is about 80 milligrams of caffeine so even a switch like that This is how you know I like coffee, okay? Like, I I know this stat off the top of my head. Um, Now, in terms of, like, your home, right? Listen, we know that there's, like, xenoestrogens and toxins and everything. And I can't go through the list. I do love you all, but I can't go through that list because it's very long. And I'm not Moses with a scroll. So that being said, download the app Think Dirty And if you think a product is being greenwashed or you're kind of skeptical, just scan the app. It has so many different things and it'll rate it for you. Uh, For me personally, I'm just slowly switching everything over. Like I know OxyClean is bad, but cleaning stains out of kids' clothes is almost impossible. If you don't have OxyClean, it feels like, right? So I'm just kind of like, well, do I want to save the clothes for like another three weeks or what? Right. So I think that just kind of being aware of these things and making the transition slowly will give you time to acclimate, but also not put you in the state of shock. Cause that sticker shock does happen. Okay. Um, Same thing with your makeup products. They do contain a lot of xenoestrogens. If you are still going to Bath and Body Works and buying those candles, stop it right now. Okay. That place is toxic literally for every aspect of your life. But those are some things to think about. And, you know, I would say the other thing to monitor is who you're listening to. Okay. So because cycle syncing and hormone health and gut health, all of this is so trendy. You have to know and really trust whoever you're listening to. And I'm not saying that to be like, everybody listen to me. I'm for some of you and I'm not for others of you. Like if you don't identify as a millennial woman or a Gen Z woman, I'm probably not for you because I'm for the girls. Okay. And I'm very unapologetic about that. I like being for the girls. And that's not to say I don't care about everyone else. It's just like, I know who I am and what I do. Right. So that being said, you have to find the right practitioners, the right educators, people that you truly trust that align with your belief system and are actually in it for your health. Okay. There's people who are in it for the money. And oftentimes those are the people who are just saying, just listen to your body. And they stop at that. It's sexy. It's marketable. The people who are saying, listen to your body and understand your body more often than not are the people who are like there for you, because we want you to put us out of a job. Like, I don't ever want my clients to come back to me if they don't have to. Why? Because at least I know know you're healed and I did my job, right? And so I think that on TikTok specifically, oh, so much information. So many girls and their raw carrot salads, their ginger shots. Oh my God stop it. Okay. Not everybody's walking around with estrogen dominance. Some people are a lot of people are, but also you're never going to have balanced hormones, which is a sexy marketing term. I'm balancing my hormones. Your hormones literally fluctuate all month long. They're never fully balanced. What are you saying? What are you saying? People are not saying that though. I'm saying it because it's true. Most people are saying, I'm going to teach you how to balance your hormones." And then they'll lead in with intermittent fasting, which is only studied on men and really designed for men. Most people are saying you have to start your day with 30 grams of protein. Or you could start it however works for you. Because I promise you, I don't roll out the bed wanting 30 grams of protein off the bat. And nothing is wrong with me. I, I just know what I like. I like my little hydrogen water. I like my bone broth, which gives me about... 15 grams of protein, and I like my blueberry juice. That's what I like in the morning. No, I'm not intermittent fasting. No, I'm not like rushing to the breakfast table. And I'm also not apologizing for it. Why? Because I get to say what works for me. And I think if you can get to that state in your own health journey of saying like, this works for me, this doesn't work for me, that's what it's all about. So I hope that helps. Very long-winded.
0: Oh my gosh. No, that's amazing. I really do think that's so helpful because there are so many voices telling us what we should and shouldn't do. And at the end of the day, there's not a lot of people saying, here's how to know your body and what you need. And that's so helpful. I feel like the reason I was so stuck in my journey for so long is because I was trying every single thing that other people were saying was working for them. But it wasn't my body. Like, I didn't understand my own body, my own cycle. And so it took me a really long time to actually find the healing and figure out how to support my own cycle. So, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think that's super helpful.
1: I feel like I'm slowly becoming this like holistic health rebel because I'm just like, this is BS. Like, I don't like that. Like, what? Like, what are you saying? But I don't say it to like ruffle feathers. I say someone has to say it. And it just so happens that like, You know, I I can, somebody can attack me and it'll just like roll, roll off my shoulders. But I also think that we have come into a day and age in society where there's so much noise and sometimes you have to turn down the world and turn up your inner voice, your body. That's why, that's where the statement of listen to your body is relevant, right? But do you understand what your body is saying? Most of y'all only know body language because of Jesse McCartney in T-Pain back in the day where they're like, body, body language, come on. But what is your body language actually saying? Like, do you really understand it? And I have, I guess for me, I just want people to understand it rather than just being like, do this, do that, do that. And listen, I have been the girl who has been super regimented in the way I give instruction and the way that I teach. I've also been the girl who's been extremely intuitive and been like, just listen to your body. And I'm like, who were you? What were you doing? What were you going to Ma'am, give me more, right? Whereas now I'm in a state where I'm just like, listen, this is how to actively listen to your body and understand those cues. Once you can master that, you can literally know what supplements to take. Like if I see another person talking about ashwagandha and how it's helping them get a donk, like a little dump truck back there. I'm like, do you know what else that's doing? Like girl, you know? So I I think it's just like important to have those conversations and know that it's also okay to question things. And You know,
0: it's not what you say, it's the way you say it. So good. It's so good. So for everybody who is now just like sitting on the edge of their seat, obsessed with you and needs to know more, tell us about the resources. Where do we go from here to start, well, continue learning and then start implementing this stuff?
1: Yeah. So one of my first places to tell people to go is my podcast. It's called Perfect Periods. Uh, Not because I'm actually telling you how to have a perfect period. I'm helping you perfect your actual menstrual bleed, but also periods of life. Because let me be honest with you, I got my aura read a few weeks ago and they said I had the aura of a six-year-old woman. So, you know, I think I know something now, okay? I think I'm wise or whatever. Uh, But I think that I, on my podcast, I provide a lot of perspective on things that people don't really like understand or conceptualize or they never really thought about it. So I love to say go to perfect periods because you know, it's possible, you know, perfecting periods of life, perfecting your period. I love that. I do love, okay. I'm, um, I'm a millennial. I do love Instagram still. Um, so come hang out with me on my Instagram, Barry on L Barry, or just type Barry, you'll find me, I promise. Um, or optimize your flow. If you want really concrete, intangible information about cycle syncing, your hormones, healthy habits, and stuff like that, because, Those are the places I give you like the cute quick tips, but the real talk too. Um, And if you ever wanna work with me, my website is optimizeyourflow.com. You can learn how to be productive on your period with my workshop workflow. And depending on when this comes out, I will probably have the rest of the workshops available. Intro to flow, which is all about really understanding your period in relation to your adrenals, your gut and your liver, so you actually understand your body. Um, and then we talk about hormonal birth control and transition your flow and fertility awareness based methods. But, like, you know, there's
0: a little thumb for everybody or whatever. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Okay. So, you guys, I will make sure to link everything that she mentioned and then go follow her because I'm telling you and listen to the podcast. I was actually listening to it on my way home last night and I was like, yes, you guys, seriously. But thank you so much, Barry, for being here. I just, I'm grateful for what you're doing. I'm grateful for the conversations you're having, for keeping it so real and open, and then also encouraging and empowering. Like it's so refreshing. So thank you so much for sharing today and just for everything you do. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the Byword show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram. And remember, I am cheering you on.